So I went to my preacher and told him that I was interested in this girl, Jill. And he took my proposal to her preacher, who took it to her dad, then took it to her. Welcome to Normalizing Non-Monogamy, the podcast where we interview incredible people from across the entire spectrum of non-monogamy to hear their fascinating stories. We strive to bring guests on the show who have a healthy approach to non-monogamy. However, it's important to remember that everyone does it a little bit differently, and the views and opinions expressed by our guests do not necessarily reflect our own. Additionally, we produce this show for entertainment purposes only. Please be aware that we aren't doctors or therapists. Consult a medical professional for anything regarding your health that you might learn about on the show. Enjoy. Are you going to interrupt me before I even start again? Nope. <laughs> Welcome to episode 97. We're, Taco Tuesday. It is Taco Tuesday. Well, we're, it's not. This is re- releasing I on know, a Wednesday. I know, but we're recording on Taco Tuesday. That's true. Yeah. We're Finn and Emma, and today we have an interview with Jill and Jack, and I think you're going to find this one fascinating. They've been together since they were teenagers and have had... Uh, unofficially, they yeah, were courting. They were courting, yes. They have a very religious background, and they talk us through that, as well as their new discovery into non-monogamy, or relatively new, I think, the last year. Yeah, one thing that we did want to mention really quick, though, at the beginning, uh, they were a little bit nervous. And it took a little bit of prodding to get them to tell us about who they were. But we promised there was no shortage of conversation once we got them over that. So don't don't turn it off because she doesn't want to just because she doesn't know what to say right at the beginning. She gets around. to it. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, this is a this is a great episode. It's kind of a really nice blend of really lighthearted humor mixed in with some really intense things that that these two went through so we hope you enjoy it as much as we enjoyed talking to them yeah we're excited for this one and next we have a couple of announcements first off our first not our first our next patreon q a call is tonight tonight wednesday night not taco tuesday night wednesday november 20th today uh at 9 p.m eastern and another one at 9 p.m pacific so you can join either one or both, whatever you'd like to do, if you're a Patreon member. Yep. And to, to join the Patreon, go to our website, click on the giant banner uh, link to do that. And we would love to see you there and have you be part of building an awesome community of 45-ish members of kick-ass listeners of the show. And to all you 45, thank you so much for supporting us. We're excited to talk with you tonight. Yes. And the other thing we wanted to mention is I know the last few weeks we've been having a call out for voicemails, and this is our last call out for these voicemails. And if you haven't heard the other episodes, we are looking for people to call in and leave us a voicemail with how they have brought up non-monogamy to their partner or how it was brought up to you, whether it went well or it was a terrible um, mistake, I guess. <laughs> yeah. So one of the, the reason we're doing this is Catherine from episode 57 is going to be talking with us about critical conversations and how to have those. And she's going to be kind of going over some of these with us to help give people some context and insight in how to do this. And we are going to be recording that episode here in the next two weeks or so. So if you can and you want to share with us, please send those our way in the next week or so, and we will get yours worked into the mix. 
Yes. And just a quick clarification too, by sending us a voicemail, you will be consenting to have your voice on the podcast. We will not be saying names or anything like that, but your voice will be out there. And to do so, go to our website, normalizingnonmonogamy.com, click on the contact page, and there right at the top, it says leave us a voicemail. And all you have to do is click that button and start recording. And while you're there, obviously, you're going to want to check out the resources page for tons of discounts and resources that we love and use all the time in our explorations of non-monogamy. And with that, how about we go here, Jill and Jack? Yeah, it rolls a little bit nicer, Jack and Jill. I know. Let's go. Stay tuned. <laughs> what? All right. Well, what? welcome. Jack and Jill. Jack and Jill. Not pseudonyms at all, for sure. Uh, for, for coming on. Welcome, thank you for coming on the show. We're super excited. Now, we, we didn't know too much about your background, but we just heard a little snippet. And now we're really intrigued. So <laughs> let's get to it. We'll stop talking and uh, maybe introduce yourselves a little bit. Well, I'm Jill. I don't really know how to start this. <laughs> I feel like so, I'm coming in cold. <laughs> okay. How about, let's see, approximate ages, whatever you're willing to share oh. and your, how long you've been together, your relationship dynamic. Thank you. <laughs> uh, so I'm 39 and we have known each other since and Jack here is 38. Yeah, I'm Jack, by the way. <laughs> and we have known each other since he was 17 and I was 19. Okay. Oh, another uh, we, <laughs> we were married when I was 21 and he was 20. I was a virgin. She was a slut. <laughs> I was a virgin. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So you're ma married at 20 and 21, both and he, virgins. Both virgins, okay. Both virgins, yes. So we've been married 18, almost 18 years. Yep. Wow. wow. Congratulations. And yeah, what, it wasn't one of those, had you had you kissed before your wedding? It wasn't one of those awkward. No, no we no. had not kissed before our wedding. We, no. had, we had held hands. Yeah. That was it. Wow. And we had held hands. Well, there, very... was, there was that one blowjob. <laughs> no, there was not. <laughs> 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 we, we gotta spice this up. <laughs> so you, so you uh, dated for that's for later. That's for later in the episode. No, okay. we courted. Yeah, for, you courted. Yeah, because dating was wrong. Really, courting was wrong in our in our culture. Also, so under the guise of friends and with the help of about six friends, we courted very, um, very quietly yeah, under the wire. Un very under the wire. Yeah. Um, but but for four years you didn't you didn't do anything but hold hands. No, two two and a half. Two, two and a half. Two and a half. Yes. I can't math. I'm sorry. No. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. So so okay. To be clear, um, there's a broad spectrum of Mennonites, um, and you could kind of like group them, whether they're 1899, like if they stop progressing in 1899 or 1950 or 1970, or if they're modern. Uh -huh. I mean, there's all sorts of different beliefs. I mean, they've got some few core beliefs, but our group probably stopped progressing in 1970. So Jill had this cute little head covering that she wore. So you were somewhat modern Mennonites. Was your yes. that when you say your your background or your culture? That was sort of where you came from. Yes, that's where we were born, and our parents were born there, and our grandparents were born there. So it was all we knew. Um, I wore only 
clothing that I sewed. Jack here looked very much like any guy off the street. I looked very different than anybody on the street. But I had to have a beard. That's right. But not this big a beard. <laughs> <laughs> it had to be like just yeah. the right size. Yeah. But there was, there was, a lot, yeah, that's, that's getting in the weeds a little bit. There was a lot of, of cultural n norms and, oh, let's just say it, cultic, cultic beliefs. So today is our six year anniversary from leaving that. Wow. wow. We didn't know we were uh, recording on a celebration for you two. Yeah. <laughs> it is. It is a big celebration. Yeah. yeah. And that's why you have like 75 light bulbs in the room. And <laughs> yeah, <it's>, the <laughs> gas, the gas generators in the back just coming away. <laughs> Drinking bourbon. Right. <laughs> I mean, do, do you mind like talking a little bit about that? I mean, like how, well, how I you. I want to. Well, go ahead. No, you go. I was going to say, I want to hear it before we talk about that transition and moving where, where you're at now. I guess I wanted, can you paint the picture a little bit of how, what it was like back then? You know, you said you were courting and then you got married. And then what were those early days of your relation, you know, years of your marriage like? Better question. Good job. <laughs> you know, do you want to take this one? Really? Our courting? I think you put your hand down my t-shirt, but you didn't get anywhere as close to my boobs. No nipples. No nipples. Not even close. Um, we were very shame controlled. And we knew that if anything got out about us, we would be, we'd be run through the, the system. The whole church discipline thing. And our, the possibility of us getting married would be seriously um, jeopardized. So we just, and that was, and that was because it, I guess, why was that? Because it well, wasn't allowed. The, yeah. The fear of the fear of eternal damnation. Okay. okay. <laughs> right. Like you couldn't, you couldn't court or you couldn't date. No, because right. see, it's just supposed to be a God thing. Like God is just supposed to show up in your mind and tell you exactly who you're supposed to marry. And you're basically, you're supposed to find him and then marry him sometime in the very next i mean you're just supposed to trust god okay right so you were supposed to receive a sign mm -hmm. that jack that jack was the one that's right and so did you did you play that up is that how you made it happen so at least on the outside i was i was good at that shit yeah i, I wasn't i wasn't I just, good at that yeah she was terrible, <laughs> was at, terrible it. at it <laughs> so how did so how did the marriage happen then I'll, I'll take this one. Oh, sure. You go for it. So I went to my preacher and told him that I was interested in this girl, Jill. And he took my proposal to her preacher, who took it to her dad, then took it to her. Which, But we were communicating on the sly on the phone before that, and she knew when it was coming, basically, and all that. So we played the cards right as far as the system went, but we had our own understanding. Which, to be clear, a lot of the people don't do it that way and like so they don't believe in divorce there's they would have like probably a five percent divorce rate two percent two percent but wow. marriage is like and yeah so monogamy is just like assumed like there's no talks about different lifestyles or anything like that but but there's a lot of just people rooming together basically so, and we've been fortunate in that, that we've always had a strong 
connection. I mean, sexually, we're best friends, right? <laughs> tell, tell them we're best friends, damn it. <laughs> Remember, we talked about this. We still have a little patriarchal talk here. <laughs> no, we don't. <laughs> yeah, you, you don't look like you let him uh, rule the roost here. It <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Only if it suits me. Yeah. So those, like those early ages, Years. So you got married, you were able to work the system, so you were able to get married. And then what were those first um, early years of marriage like? Well, because it was it was 12 years bef- to marry mm-hmm. before you left, before you left the the Mennonite community. So, go ahead. Well, we were always very, because of our, because we had an amazing connection right from the get-go. Um, we we're very open with each other. And I think for the time and place that we were living in, we had an incredible communication between the two of us. Um, I would say we had a great, we had a great marriage. We had a great sex life. And we also often looked at each other and we're like, how did we get so lucky? And of course, for the most part, that isn't talked around much in that culture, but you know, I, I pick up tidbits from girls around me and I'm like, we're doing way better than a lot of people. Um, wait, but, yeah, wait, what? Like, <laughs> sex is a whole lot better than a back rub. Like, that's one thing you heard. One <laughs> one gal told her that, like, sex just feels like a back rub, basically. I, I talk, And I think because of our openness, we heard a lot from our peers. Like, I, we'd have a lot of couples confide in us. Women, um, women would confide in me, and I'd hear a lot of exactly that kind of stuff, like, you know, well, yeah, sure. I just, I just give in. I just lie down. I just, whatever. <laughs> so bad. And I don't know. I think it really, really got Jack and I thinking about, I think we had one of the best sex libraries, sex books libraries. And we did, yeah, even yeah. in that culture, we did a lot of research and a lot of study into healthy sexuality. Yeah. It got Jack off. <laughs> <laughs> You've been, you've been waiting for that one, haven't you? I have. <laughs> I bet that's why you picked it. It is. <laughs> so. so it wasn't it wasn't like you were suffering, at least not sexually, in inside of your marriage. Like you had a good marriage for uh, up until this point. We've had yeah yeah, and we'll get there's more to that story of our marriage since we've left that, but, but there was such a, there was such a, like shame was just so prevalent in both of our lives. Um, like I, so here's, here's a fun fact and you can edit this out if you want, but I honestly thought that I was like the only guy that had figured out masturbation and I was the only dude sick enough to do that until I was like 17. So you, like, you, yeah. I, why would the fuck would I edit that out? so like i mean so so i had incredible shame about how perverted i was and that like that's a that's an inner critic or a tape that i've carried through the years i'm I'm just a pervert like and it's it's led to some terrible acting out in my later years yeah well because yeah because you you held all of that shame about that which i think you know it's it's fairly normal for any teenager to have some shame, but it sounds right. like yours was a totally different level. Yeah, it was. 
It's these hairy knuckles right there. <laughs> so, so I'm curious though, like, and, and we'll we can get to the part right where you've you've sort of extradited yourselves from from the church. But going through this, I'm just curious. Did do you think that sort of being a part of something that was that like re- oppressive, maybe? Did that make you two stronger in a sense? Like it was you two versus them. Yes, absolutely. Um, as as we as we did walk away and leave, there was a couple years before we had actually made the decision that we often look at each other and we feel like sex was the thing that held us together, mm-hmm. which we've marveled at because all of a relate when you talk to other people about relationships, sex is the thing that when there's high stress, high um, emotional toll being taken on, on a marriage, sex is often the first thing to go. And it was where Jack and I turned over and over was we're like, at least we have sex. (laughs) At least we have this. And we turn to that. And we often say um, in the, so I'll, jump ahead a little bit, but I made the decision to leave before he did about, I would say I made the actual decision about nine months before he made the decision. But even leading up to that time, we were not communicating about the, the, what do you call the church things that were going on in our world. And, and, and we just pretty much, we clung to each other through sex and we often look at it now and we say like, if we hadn't had that sex, we probably wouldn't be together today, which is often a very different story than what you hear from other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think no, it's that's, amazing. Yeah. That's really true though. Cause it is a very different story from many, right. many stories out there. Well, and, and Finn with what you said before too, I don't feel, I don't feel hard done by, by my past. I have, I have, I've played the victim card that, Oh, you know, I had such a terrible life and now I'm trying to catch up. You know what? If I take out the negative experiences, I never would have had the positive experiences. We've lived more in the last six years and it's just like ramping up. (laughs) So like last November, we didn't even know what the lifestyle was and we can get into those stories later on, but like we've had a blast. (laughs) We've got good lives. Like we're doing good. So you know, the past is, is for memories and, and to learn from, and that's what we use it for. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, no, I think that's awesome. And I'm, and we're, we're super excited to hear that because I can't imagine it wasn't without some missteps and, and I'm excited to hear that, but I mean, I was just going to say, I think that's a wonderful attitude to have because just for anyone in life, right? Because you can't, you can't change the past and sure Mm -hmm. things could have been different and everything, but in general, it's a great attitude to have to move forward and just say, like, you know, life is great and now and it is what it is, right? Like, and you wouldn't have had the positive without the net or wouldn't have the, yeah, positive without negative too. Yeah. You know, they're all, yeah. it's all factored in there. Yeah. yeah. And it, yeah, there's some incredible thing. I mean, there's things that have felt incredibly negative in the moment. And I get six months down the road, I'm like, holy shit, I'm really glad that happened because if that wouldn't have happened, I wouldn't be where I'm at today. Right. So, yeah. Yep, I definitely have those in my life too. <laughs> I, think we, I think we all do. <laughs> so, so my so my next question then is, and and this is almost a it's a it's a really good parallel I think to a lot of times when people get into the lifestyle. One person is their 
ready to go before the other person. And this is almost mirrored in, Jill, you were ready to leave the Mennonite community before Jack was. And I imagine that took a lot of the same communication skills. And so I guess, can you walk through like, first of all, how you came to that decision and then Jack, how you got there and what that nine month period looked like, because I can imagine that was a little bit rife with, uh, stress, stress. (laughs) (laughs) Um, it was honestly, it was rife with silence. Uh, I came to a very quiet, very personal decision. So in that culture, um, we're required to state our allegiance to that culture once a year and you do it publicly. And, um, (laughs) and I about threw up on the words while the, the night that we were supposed to go through it and state that publicly, I was, trying to get out of it. And Jack here, he basically told me like, get in there, do your, do what you're supposed to do. Just do it. Shut up and do it. We didn't curse then, but what I said was do your fucking job. (laughs) 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 And so I did my job, but I just about threw up on the words because I knew that it was not true to my real self. And I didn't even know what my real self was at that point. I was so incredibly, incredibly lost. But um, but I made the decision that I would never say those words again. And I knew that I had one year before it would be required of me again. So I just was kind of like, oh, my goodness. Like, what? what is the exit plan in the next year going to look like? Like, am I going to leave alone? We had three kids. We had our three kids at that point. And would I leave them behind? Like what, what was that going to look like? And over and over, I just got the same words was like, just be silent, just shut up, be silent. So I just, I just was quiet. There would be times when I just, everything wanted to explode out of me and I wanted to tell him what I was thinking. And it was like, be quiet. Um, So I sat in that space for about nine months. So in that way, it is very different than, um, than the lifestyle in that way. But then you can tell your part about how you, I, I had about two, I had two times where my, my sister told me that he had told her husband that he wasn't able to drink the Kool-Aid anymore. There was one other, there was one other experience where I, I had a glimmer of hope, like maybe he was going to come on board with me, but we, like I said, we were basically having sex and talking about business and that's as much as our relationship consisted of in those nine months we stayed away from anything that was our past culture that was oriented around that. So you can tell about how you got there. So for me, I got to the place that I was relying on doing the things that that culture required to stay in the good graces and avoid eternal damnation. That was a big thing for me. So, (laughs) um, but but in that, my you laugh inter- about it now, but I can totally understand that that was not <laughs> yeah. a laughing matter back then. Yeah, it was right. intense, yeah. right? Very so. Um, but as a, like my internal struggle was like there was such an internal struggle that was not lining up with my exterior. Like my internal beliefs were not lining up with what I was actually doing, right. and it was just it was tearing me apart. And I finally just like, just, yeah, through, I'm a very verbal processor. I think you could probably hear that. Um, 
but but as I as I walk through this and, and as I talk to some of these just a few people because like you can't even like to question that system brings the wrath of the powers that be down on you. So you know that could not get back to them. And and but as I as I talked this through with with a few guys, it was just like I'm not living it. Like why would I stay here? And so at that point, I'm like we we sat up in bed one night and I'm like Jill. <laughs> I can't do this anymore. She's like, I've been waiting forever for you to say that. And, and we just like, like no kidding sat up all night and just made a plan and executed it. And so, yeah. Wow. It's, it's fascinating. We're just both sitting here. Like <laughs> it's just, it's so far from, from what we grew up with. Right. So it's, it's, we find it incredibly fascinating and, and I mean, brave, maybe like, oh, yeah. like what you did is not easy. I, I can't imagine. So congratulations. And we're happy to hear that you're happy. Yeah. Um, so, so the next day you went to a lifestyle club. Right? <laughs> I wish. I wish. <laughs> no, 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 no. We, so, we had a few detours in there. So then we went to another. We crash system. landed in another system in the whole church scene that was just a different set of rules. And we were there for four years. Same song, second verse. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. I was a deacon. Uh... I was a deacon until I told them that I was getting happy ending massages. <laughs> they didn't like that. So I wasn't a deacon anymore, but yeah. So, I mean, there was, like there was that was the pain period like there was so much pain going on that like i was not emotionally unfaithful to you but i like i was acting out and like i was i was looking for i've got an addictive personality and i was trying to find something to mask the pain that i had yeah and when he go ahead when he told me about what I call his unethical behavior. It was very, yeah. It was, it was very record. unethical. It was very unethical. Um, totally. But I never felt cheated on. I never felt like it was, like I never felt like it was an emotional, it was between us emotionally. It came between us as his behavior, but it was also, I knew knowing what him and I had been together, I knew that it was pain driven and shame driven not, not, I never, I never went to a place that I wasn't enough or I wasn't, I knew he loved me. So right. that was always, I think that is one of the biggest things that got us through that period because then we experienced from the, um, you love me long time. <laughs> <laughs> um, from the, the community we were in at that point, they also were very shame driven, especially around sexuality which I think is why we crash landed there was because it felt safe. It was a lot of what we had known. It was a little bit, um, a little bit freer than what we had known in the past, but um, there was still an awful lot of shame around sexuality and around. Go ahead. I will say that they made the Mennonites look sexually liberated <laughs> in their views towards sex. Yeah. <laughs> What, 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 what was this? Because I want to make sure I... It was a Baptist. Okay. Uh, okay. 
So you, so you were in Mennonites. So you left Mennonites, then you went to a Baptist community for four years. Okay. Yeah. And you were, and you, and that was where you were a deacon. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But then you got kicked off. So yeah. yeah. He got jacked. He got jacked off. <laughs> no pun intended. Yeah. No, not at all. So, but but though, but as you said, those four years were very difficult it sounds like very challenging because you were trying to find your new new space but yeah. it was still not it doesn't sound like either one of you are so quite settled with where you were at not we were. and, not and you know like like that was a period for me you can speak to what what you were going through but like i was i i remade myself and i was relying on what others were telling me that i should do and it just it, it was just another form of internal external cognitive dissidence that i couldn't make I couldn't make heads or tails. We were so, so having been born and raised in such a um, tight structure, we're so conditioned to believe what others tell us to believe, um, live like others tell us to believe. Like it's taken us, it took us four and a half years to, to get to a place of healing where we were brave enough to start to live out who we actually are who we are who we were and who we are today yeah, have our own ideas and opinions basically and create our own beliefs yeah without having someone to someone else above us to validate those beliefs for us so that's been a that's been a huge yeah. part for us in the last year is to discover our own, our own beliefs mm -hmm. um be mm -hmm. okay with our own behaviors without someone above us or below us <laughs> telling us how we should live yeah, I can imagine that that has been a huge transition and uh, just takes time to work through, right? Yeah, yeah. So then was it six years ago when you left Mennonites or six years ago when you transitioned from the Baptist? No, six years ago when we left Mennonites. Okay, two so it's only, two, it's only been about two years then? Yeah, yeah, not even quite two years since yeah. we left Baptist. Yeah. And it's been almost a year since you started exploring anything lifestyle related november so it was a pretty quick launch from baptist to swingers yeah. <laughs> about a year yeah <laughs> i guess if you're gonna if you're gonna land into a different cult it might as well be yeah. swingers. <laughs> I know. I amen know. amen totally. <laughs> all right so i feel like i feel confident that we've covered enough to feel so. I mean, is there, before yeah, we start we, talking about exactly. the monogamy piece, is there anything within that? Like, you obviously came to a dis decision to leave the Baptist and move out of that. If you want to expand on any of that, please do. Well, so that didn't just happen. I mean, there was, I would say there was probably almost more pain with, with leaving that because like we'd uprooted our life once, our kids had made friends, we had made friends, and we thought we could carry those friendships forward, even moving out of that. No, I guess that doesn't work. So we needed to go to that church. We needed to have those beliefs in order to, and I mean, at that point, we still would have been professing Christians and all that. Um, and it just, I mean, they, they just, it was just like we had joined the lifestyle or something, which that <laughs> wasn't even on our radar. So right. that, 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 like the summer of 17 was a really painful period. We went through, I mean, we were like, so, no, that would have been, the fall of 18, spring of, no, 
Fall of 17. Spring of 18. Yeah. But so we, we had got some intensive counseling that was part of our healing. Mm -hmm. And then there's a, we did a personal development seminar that we're still connected with that we went back and coached and coached at and things like that. And it just like through using those tools and principles, just working through getting rid of beliefs that don't work and, and things like that. Um, and it was through that we were headed down to this seminar and we were talking about my unethical behavior. And, you know, because, you know, before that, the story I told myself, well, it's sin and, you know, all this. And, and it was, we started, we started talking about, okay, no, it wasn't sin. I mean, we don't view it. I don't view it as that, but it was unethical. We started using that language and we're like, okay, so what are we okay with? And then you, Jill said, <laughs> um, I love this part. <laughs> I still blush. Um, I told him I wanted to know whether other, other men wanted to fuck me. So, <laughs> I bet you weren't expecting that. I wasn't. And I mean, I'm like, I'm like, oh my goodness, this is awesome. And like, like, I mean, I'm basically whipping out my phone and starting to like, I think where I started was, was nude beaches, which turned into finding out about desire and then finding out, oh my goodness, there's the lifestyle. And then, oh my goodness, there's dating sites. And like within 24 hours, I had to set up on a, a, a regional dating site here, a dating lifestyle site. And I showed it to her. She's like, no, <laughs> so, deleted that. Like, don't take me serious. Yeah. I may have said that comment, but I was not serious. Because that was, that was like, just as you were leaving kind of yeah. yeah yeah we yeah and you know so again I think almost any woman can understand this but being a virgin and I had held myself very to a very high standard what this is great because just the other day we we're talking about this um I view it as a weakness for me to need a man and there was almost shame in it that I did fall in love with Jack because I was very independent and I wasn't going to be one of these typical women who just needed to get married and have kids. I was going to find my own way through, but nevertheless, he came along. But so here I am at, you know, 38 years old and very conservative. I'd had a couple, uh, couple, quite a few actually, because, because of the oppression and repression that goes on inside a culture like that, there's a lot of, uh, sexual deviation. There's a lot of what I call sexual harassment. And I would say that 90% of women come out of there with a sexual harassment complex. I don't know if, I mean, I'm making up, kind of making up my own terminology, but the research and understanding I have is we girls all come out of there feeling dirty. Mm -hmm. um, so as I've, as I have grown into my really independent self, I wanted to know that I was attractive yeah, and that like I had never, I had refused to have a single crush as a kid. Like that was just off my radar. So all of a sudden here I am at 38 and I'm like, like I don't know if he, if, <laughs> if men even like me, Never mind that inside that culture, I'd had numerous propositions that were incredibly um, unethical, sh unethical shame filled, painful, 
um, scenarios that left me feeling less than, left me feeling um, with less worth and less value mm -hmm. than any woman should feel. So I, that's where, that's where my question stemmed out of was like. Statement. That's where my statement. Well, there was a question behind it. There was a big question behind it. <laughs> well, I, think, I, I think that makes a lot of sense, first of all, but yeah, go ahead. Well, no, I, I mean, obviously I'm in no position to speak to it. I'm, I'm, I've never been in that, but I, I think it's a powerful thing that you went through that and that you, I would say suffered through that, right? Like, having having been propositioned like that and feeling that way and to come out of it and your response is almost the opposite of like I want to know that I am sexy to other people and and that you were able to reconcile that and now find a voice and navigate the lifestyle and like overcoming trauma is not easy and it's impressive that you have managed to do that and if you know to to whatever com you're comfortable speaking to it like how how did you do that because i think that's something that you're not alone no that's what i was going to say too is that i know that there's lots of women out there that can relate to what you just said how did i overcome the trauma wow and maybe it's something that you're still working through I absolutely, I absolutely am still working through it because as we continue um, in the lifestyle, I keep digging up, uh, what do you call it? Like Limiting beliefs. Limiting beliefs. That's a really good word. I keep digging up limiting beliefs that all of a sudden just kind of come up and smack me in the face about who I am or about my actions towards male and female humans because mm -hmm. at first I was going to say men but really it goes it goes further than that um I was a people pleaser in that culture and I'm afraid of promising something I can't give so I don't know I have to I think um wow Jack can you how how have I worked to over, I mean, you've seen the trauma, you've seen me work through this, like what are, so I know also like <laughs> my passion is sexual health, sexual wholeness, uh, especially among conservative women, mm -hmm. but conservative people all around because I can't stand how the men of our world believe themselves to be perverted. Like it, it hurts my heart when I, when I see, when I see the the guys I hang out with that have come out of that system and out of those cultures, believing themselves to be perverted, they literally, they, they get a hunch and they, they don't believe that they're good enough to stand with their shoulders straight and wear their masculinity loud and proud, but neither do women. So I think it has been through an incre incredible passion for that. Like I've done, I have read, so far, every book that I have time and that I've found able to get my hands on about conservatism, sex, the church, um, the purity culture, <laughs> you name it. I have read books. I have talked with people. And in that, I have found a lot of healing. And I found a lot of my own, I think I found a lot of my own power. 
Um, but as I talk, and I, I knew it was going to kind of un, kind of unravel for me. I think the most powerful thing was going to desire. <laughs> there was so one thing has always um, after our second child was born. I'll have to back up here a little bit. After a second child was born, I was really low physically, emotionally. Like I was not doing well. I think you'd say I was depressed. And Jack here started researching. He's like, this gal doesn't want sex, but I know that this isn't her. So he was very caring, very loving in that time. And that's when we started to do a lot of research. We found some incredible DVDs that we watched, which were, if we had been found out. Yeah, we would have been in trouble. We would have been in real trouble. Um, where was I going with this? There was naked people. <laughs> it was good though. <laughs> to desire is where you're headed. So through that, all that, I wanted to go to a new beach. I wanted to experience nakedness. Like that was just high on my list. Like I just want to, I want the freedom. So having, again, and that was because I had all, like to church, we had to wear the head covering that tied under our chin, long sleeves, high necks. I mean, everything, right? Fully covered. Mm-hmm. and I just wanted to see what it felt like to be naked. Jack and I were around home, always very comfortable, naked, and I just wanted to see, like, was I brave enough to do that? So when we got to Desire, <laughs> and just to have that freedom was absolutely healing. It was incredible. And that was the first time you had done that, right? Yes, totally. <laughs> yeah. So, and it took. Yeah. So that was the spring of, of this year. Yeah. That so, was... so we we started researching lifestyle, started listening to podcasts in November. And then we booked our trip to Desire within a month, I believe. And <laughs> went in April. And it was absolutely amazing. So. And I have to. So he booked it like beginning of December, somewhere in there. And I was terrified. I. I went back and forth between being really ticked off at him, like giving him the silent treatment and the cold, because I was like, what the hell do you think you're doing putting us in this (laughs) place and being absolutely over the top excited because it was really a dream of mine coming true. And I knew it. (laughs) (laughs) You were mad and happy at the same time. (laughs) Totally. She's really easy to read. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I just want to say, I mean, first of all, that's um, incredible. But I think it would have been amazing if you had shown up wearing your like Mennonite clothing <laughs> and like walked into the Desire lobby and like as you walked out, just like just yeah. ripping it off. Talk about well, heal- talk about mm-hmm. healing. That would next be- <laughs> time. Next time. Yeah, next we're time. we're going back. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Well, and, and, and I know that to all we the kind listeners. Of- to all the listeners, we'll be down there the first week of April <laughs> okay. 2020. So DRM, come on. Um, I just wanted to mention that, or Jill, you know, we kind of put you on the spot asking you a very hard question. And I really appreciate you thinking through it and speaking to um, what you went through, because I think that you gave a lot of, uh, even though you were thinking through it as you were talking, you still gave a lot of really good advice, I think, and hints for helpful tips for people who might be working through the same thing. Yeah. And I think also one thing that stood out to me was like your empathy towards the men who potentially were the ones who treated you that way. But, and then you looking back and saying, well, they were going through the same thing I was and it's, you know, 
that that takes <laughs> that's a lot that yeah. takes a lot for somebody to be able to do that so i'm and i I'm, think that's where my research and well i mean maybe just what i was born with also but i came to understand long ago that it's just the flip side of it's the same coin and that coin is called shame and that shame is used to manipulate and control anybody in that system so our men have one way of acting out and we women have another and in men it does often present itself as like i say i hate to use the word but i don't as a perverted um controlling non-ethical sex like um there's a lot of porn there's a lot of just wrong wrong behavior and in women it comes out as wait porn's wrong (laughs) (laughs) okay well let's back up take that one off (laughs) (laughs) let's just say there's a lot of unethical behavior that includes hiding a lot of hypocrisy. A lot of hypocrisy, exactly. Very, very devout on the outside and right. very dark on the inside. And for women, it manifests itself as, I think at a very young age, we women tend to take that switch and turn it off completely. Right. Shut down. Shut right. down. Like, I can't tell you how many girls speak about not having a sexuality, like not having a feeling, never having known an orgasm, never like, oh gosh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and so maybe that's a good time to say like how you went from telling Jack in the car that you wanted to know if other people wanted to fuck you. And then he created a profile and you were like, no, fuck that. We're not doing that. <laughs> but we now know that, you did do that. So how, how did you reconcile that? And like, what did that journey then into the first little bit of lifestyle look like? Like 400 hours of talking. Yeah. Like communication, 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 like podcasts. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm the researcher. So I, I, and my, my work, I can listen to podcasts. Like, I mean, I've got, easy six hours a day that I'm behind a mask. And so I've got my headphones in and I can listen to whatever I want. And I'd listen to a podcast. He'd, he'd shoot me all these podcasts and I'd listen sometimes for an hour, maybe, maybe a little bit longer. And all of a sudden I'm like done. And I was just like, well, we call it a snapback. I stretch and I stretch and all of a sudden like, boom. And I just like shut down. No more. Don't talk to me. Don't, don't bring it up again. But so what we just kept normalizing it. Normalizing non-monogamy. That's it. And, and <laughs> you, wait, yay, good job. <laughs> totally. Because isn't that so? The more we communicate about it, like the digger we, sorry, the deeper we dig into our beliefs and with our with our uh, some of our tools from our self development is does this belief serve me? So, so with all our communications, we dig up, I would dig up, uh, what did you call it before? Uh, a self-limiting belief or like a belief that we've been taught was just hard. And then we would start to tease it apart and I'd go, okay, but it doesn't make sense in this setting. 
or it doesn't, you know, it, it doesn't hold true here and it doesn't hold true here. So why does it hold true here? So we would just, these beliefs, we would just slowly tease them apart to where we got to a place where, hmm, they're really, like, I can't think of a specific one, but so much of my, my fears or so much of my things that were holding me back, the more we talked about it, the more we would, we would find that it was literally what people would think of us shame that people had held over us in the past um, or a belief that somehow I was going to fuck something up to a point where, and then it would just stop to a point of what? So then we, well, like what point could I, could him or I fuck this up? Well, we finally got to a point where like, if we're communicating, there's no behavior, there's no action I can do or he can do that that irreparably screws this up if we're willing to make the commitment to continue to talk and work through this. Right. So, that was so a lot. yeah, <laughs> it, was, it was good because it, it sounds like, I mean, you went in the, the last, it's about been a year. Yeah. You said, um, you did well, a little over a year, you did the self-development training and you did, you said intensive counseling, right. Which are yes. two huge things. I'm also assuming that, really helped in your journey. Mm-hmm. Um, have you continued the counseling as well? It was a, it was a week of intensive counseling. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, we're not against it. Like we totally do. I mean, I'm sure we'll be in counseling at some point in our life, but yeah, it just, it um, served the purpose it, that you needed at it, that point. Yeah. It was yeah. for that time, for that place. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so how did it go? Like when you first, when you decided like, we're going to try the swinging, how did it go? Well, so a couple snapshots for you. I remember last December, you came, you came down my job and I'd been listening to, I think it was Mr. And Mrs. Jones at that point, Swinger Diaries. And I'm like, Jill, I've figured out what we are. We're swingers. I'm like, I mean, her eyes get like, like golf ball size. And I'm like, oh, okay. Maybe that was a little brash of a statement. And then I'd like, here, listen to this podcast. You'll see what I mean. And like, she, she calls me back in like 20 minutes. She's like, I'm not listening to that shit. Like, nope, nope. So, so there's that. Um, but, but I learned, you know, it, it's, it's been so good. Like I'm, I'm a very impulsive person. I think you can, you can hear that and see that. And like, I'm, I'm, I'm the dork. I'm just going to make fun of myself and whatever, but that's just who I am. But I'm learning on the critical conversations to slow down and to think through, like not be surprised with everyone else in the room. What I say, um, it's helped me with my communication and and those things. Um, but then also like to not take everything so personally, like when she has a snapback, um, to not take it as a, as a direct attack on me. I mean, I remember like our, our first, or, or at Desire, we were at dinner and we heard some stories that made us. Made both. me feel very unsafe. And, and me too. Mm-hmm. And me too. I mean, unprotected orgies, like unprotected sex in an orgy and, and things like that. And, and, it, it, and we leave there and she's like, I am never 
playing with anyone in my life. We hadn't, we hadn't done anything except nakedly enjoy the pool yet right. at this moment. Yeah. So we get back to the room. She's like, how you doing? I'm like, you know what? I'm learning just to let you say your shit. I'm good. <laughs> I'm here. Like, this is awesome. I'm here with you. We don't have any kids around. Like, this is amazing. I'm good. And she's like, are you disappointed? I'm like, yeah. But I said, I'm not going to take it. I'm not going to take it personally. Like, we'll figure this out. Within 45 minutes, maybe an hour, we were playing with someone. Was it that cool? Yeah, it was that cool. Are you sure your memory's right? Okay, an hour <laughs> and a half. Maybe a couple hours. Hour and a half. <laughs> so, I, I mean, it's it's like what, what I've seen is is learning how to to create a safe space that's that's part of my safety role in this. Yeah. Safety and trust are just huge for me. Um, just knowing that I'm going to be heard and I've really had to work on, on, um, using my voice and recognizing that, Oh, I do have a voice in this situation. I don't have to just submit to other people, but having him understand that, and is and checking in helps create a safe place for me. And when I feel safe, I can play really well. <laughs> yes, yes, she can. <laughs> I think that's really normal to want to feel safe like that, right? That yeah. that's that's a natural human need. I think yeah. is to to feel safe and comfortable. Um, so. You, you, it sounds like you had some fun and desire. Well, wait, and- wait, 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 wait. So to just to, to clarify the timeline, so you you had the conversation in like November-ish. Mm-hmm. And then there was, talked a, and there was a little bit of snapback, talked, researched, booked desire. And between the time you you started talking about it and the time you left for desire, you, you did not... Um, you you had not played with any other couples. This was your first foray into it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I just wanted to make sure if anybody didn't quite catch that that timeline. And so your first real experiences in terms of like physically being with other people were earlier this year and like April. Mar- April. Time yes, time. you're yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Very cool. No, it's 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 awesome. I'm just. I was clarifying the timeline <laughs> for the people listening. Go ahead with your go ahead with your questions. Sorry. Well, I, I was just going to say how so does you both said numerous times desire was amazing. It sounds like you met amazing people. You had the chance to to you know be naked and see what that felt like to and I'm sure also like spend time together in a sexy place, right? That we mm. found that that's an amazing reconnection point too. We have, you take away all of the stress mm-hmm. of everything at home and all you have is the two of you in this mm-hmm. environment. So um, how has it been since then? So um, I'm going to back up to desire a little bit. Yes, please. <laughs> what ha- our first play experience was accidental. So yeah. I would say that with all of our communications, one of the things that has we've I've said the most is I don't know what I don't know. So podcasts tell you to have rules, tell you to have all this kind of stuff. And I was like, well, but I don't know what rule I want because I don't know what I don't know. But I felt, like I said, with Jack here, we had communicated enough. He understood my my 
limitations. And so um, the first time we played, it was with a, I don't know what's legal here. Anything? You can say, <laughs> yeah, we're, we're not regulated by anybody. So, no, yeah. <laughs> totally cool to say whatever you want. <laughs> it was with a woman whose, whose partner was busy at the moment. So she joined us and uh, I'll tell for Jack here, he has never fantasized about having a threesome with two women. So this was like, guys, I know I'm weird. I know but that's I true. Saying, he, I, was, I thought you were going to say he thought he invented that. Just like no. He thought he invented that. <laughs> no. His, so the way it all went down, it, you know, we just, this lovely lady asked, you know, she's like, so I'm kind of lone, lost, she says. And we're like, well, come join us in the hot tub. And she's like, well, I can't. Like, I have this clothing on. And Mr. Chivalrous here, Jack, says, well, let me help you. In the, a very normal way that he responds to women. I was just being courteous and helping her. He really was. was I'll vote for him. I was helping her out of her theme night costume. Totally. But when I started untying the straps, like, I'm like, oh, my. Okay. (laughs) This is... This this could be good. This could go further. This could be really good. (laughs) And she was um, making love to me, which was blowing my mind and totally blowing his because he's... She was... He was like, she's not going to get anywhere with her. Well, that wasn't true. And then she looked up. She says, should we take this to the hot tub or should we take it to bed? And Jack looked over at me and he's like, you know, where? And I said, let's go to bed. So I totally shocked myself in that because I had no idea I was, we weren't planning on it. And it turned out to be absolutely so her, it was amazing. It was it was an absolutely amazing first experience. It was absolutely amazing. And then her husband came and joined us after he finished up with the other couple. And and, and when we finished up, then Jack here <laughs> sat up and loudly proclaimed, "Go ahead." Yeah. I, I, so we're on. The, you've been to Desire, correct? We have. Yes. Yeah. We know okay. the beds you're talking about. The okay. beds of the so hot tub, cor- right? Yeah, yeah. The corner bed. We were in the corner bed like the kind of the furthest from the hot tub. And I, uh-huh. I get up and like, the, you know, there's one more bed and then there's the stairs and I get up on my knees. I'm like, we just broke our swinger cherry. <laughs> <laughs> Loud enough that lots of people heard. Yeah. So anyway, I was like, was there applause? <laughs> there was. There was. There was. <laughs> and the next morning we were congratulated because <laughs> others who had heard it were like, hey, congratulations. So that was really fun and really accepting. But we had the most amazing caring couple to introduce yeah to introduce us and we're still we're still friends with them like we text with them multiple times a week Mm -hmm. um like it's just amazing we actually got to see them this summer we ended up at a lake up in canada at the same time and got to, to got to spend some time with them so it's just really cool yeah that's amazing so from there oh (laughs) there it gets good we came home. How soon did we go to a club? Well, let me back up just a bit. So from there, like in my mind, we get home from there and we are full on swingers. Like it, so, so to be clear <laughs> at, at that point, there was, there was saw like it was, it was all soft swap stuff. Uh-huh. Um, but we, we still get, are. Yeah. Oh, oh, maybe not. I forgot. Sorry. Keep on. Speak for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> 
another thing Jack has invented. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we get home and I'm just like, okay, game on. Like, I mean, I'm sing- I'm searching out single guys for on the on the LS sites and like, and I mean, she, and again, it's like, whoa, 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 like slow down, dude. You need to stop. Um, I'm okay. We did desire. It's a whole lot, and and you know, you you communicated that it's a whole lot different for me to play at home where my, you know, my kids are around, even if I leave for an evening or something like that. So, you know, it was another one of those crashing to earth, like just my life is over. My, I'm just, this is terrible and all that. Like I'm, I'm either like mountaintop or I'm like in the Valley big time, but so working through that, but yeah, then we went to, we went to a couple of clubs in in the city that we're somewhat close to Ben the first club was really friendly, mm-hmm. but there seemed to be consent issues somewhat. Um, the second club was, there wasn't the consent issues, but we were there for a really big event, but it just didn't seem, it didn't seem very friendly. So, you know, working through that, um, we've done some dates. Um, we've met a, a somewhat local couple that we're great friends with. We haven't, I mean, we're both in the lab, so we haven't played with them yet, but there's, that's, we haven't played with them yet. <laughs> um, I think it's heading that way or no, it is heading that way, but um, I don't know. It's, it's been, it's been somewhat slow since then, you know, just finding our thing here at home. Uh-huh. Um, I think but, that's totally normal, by the way, does like desire and a vacation uh, experiences can be very different from where you're at at home and finding those dynamics that work for you is, is a normal yeah process. Yeah. And you know, like some of the, some of the podcasters and, and that's why I love, I, I love all the podcasts, but I especially love you guys in that you just talk about experiences. You, you're not, you're not giving advice or, or, or whatever, you know, some of the other podcasts, like it hasn't, it hasn't, our experience hasn't lined up with their experience. And, that shouldn't, I mean, that's just, that shouldn't surprise me as much as it does, but you know, like the, the dating websites have not been as productive on that. I mean, we're, we're part of Facebook groups and that right. is actually more, we're, we're getting, we're, we're making better connections there than we are on the dating lifestyle sites and all that. So yeah, that's awesome. I mean, you know, and that's, that's something that I think it's, it's regional and it's personal and it's mm-hmm. what works for you. Right. And, mm-hmm. and you can be like, this is the best one out there. And it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it, maybe it works for you and it works for these 20% and not these other 80%. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah. So it's, I, I'm really happy you say that. Yeah. Cause the, like I said, the normal, it's normal to find that balance, but also you, you have to be patient because you have to be patient to figure out what works for you mm-hmm. and what works in your area. Cause those teeth yeah. are, it's all they're different everywhere. <laughs> and, and and this is somewhat unorthodox, but there's a in our in our region, there's actually a marketplace for LS businesses. Huh. And we are a part of that and we actually have our business listed on that. And we've got we've found more connections there, <laughs> which it's business first and and connections after that. Right. But we we're getting jobs and play partners off of this <laughs> marketplace. And just just the the dichotomy between that 
<laughs> and where you were seven years ago is just it is is unreal. It is not lost on us. <laughs> no, no, we we get it. There are moments. I love it. Mm. That's amazing. Wow. Um. So have I guess have have you told anybody in your lives? Friends, family. I, I'm. Sh- I mean, your, deacons. Your family. Your, yeah, your family has our. I mean, your kids and stuff have obviously gone through all of these transitions with you. Um, and but and I'm sure there's a whole another dynamic with your extended family. You know, your well, not right. your families as well. So right. So yeah, when when I asked you that question, you both. Um, it's it's loaded. Clearly. Yes, it it's clearly loaded. loaded. So that's probably been our biggest learning curve. Yeah, it totally has been our biggest. Yeah, learning it has curve. been. We have we've got some very close relationships with multiple couples who have left the same system that we have. And we overshared, I mean, we were, you know, like in, in November of last year, this is all theoretical, you know, like we didn't know if we would ever act on it. Wink, wink. <laughs> um, but there was especially one couple where we got super vulnerable with and talked about, you know, you know, it, like, like the whole, um, you know, Esther Perel's mating in captivity. I mean, I, we read that. And it's just like, oh my God, like this is amazing. Yeah. And, you know, so so like the whole lifestyle for for me has been changing my beliefs. Like, like no, that's who I am. Like, I'm. I don't feel like this is a hobby. Like, this is this is something that I've I was I've, I've evolved to this or I'm made this way. However, you know, whatever your worldview is, but like. And so, you know, I'm, I'm working through it again. I'm a verbal processor. And so I'm working through this with my friends and going, you know, like, Hey, this whole monogamy thing, like, what do y'all think of it? And, and, you know, like, well, you know, they, they didn't know either. And, and so we go to desire and, you know, play actually happened, which we didn't, we didn't go with the expectation of, of that happening. Mm-mm. And we come back and we tell them just a little bit and just total freak out. <laughs> like, so we found quite quickly that sharing was not, no, we didn't find out nearly quickly enough. Let's put it that way. Yeah. But, but we with, with some of your friends. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I would give us less than a year for our kids to catch on. Yeah. And we'll have those conversations at that point. Um, well, Cause they're probably, they're older now. And so, yeah. Yeah, they're, you know, teenage or, you know, early teens. Yeah. And younger, but they're smart, they're sharp. And and we haven't, you know, they've seen us evolve in our beliefs and their beliefs have evolved in their own unique way. And our sex positivity is a lot more. And, you know, there's, there's these friends showing up on our Facebook feeds. And so. <laughs> and, and honestly, I mean, I don't know how I feel about kids finding out, but like I said, um, my passion in life is to work with healthy sexuality and bring, bring awareness to it. And our kids know that they know that that's where I'm passionate and that I hope to make that, uh, a way of life in the future. So we have lots of conversations already about what healthy sexuality looks like. And so, yeah, it's just kind of probably a matter of time before that. Yeah. Right. 
yeah before they asked that too yeah yeah i was i was wondering if we could if we could circle back to something that maybe you had said everybody says you got to have rules and you were like well i don't know i can't make rules because i don't know what i don't know but you successfully navigated your first situation without coming out of it feeling like you did things you didn't want to do. So I have a hunch that you developed rules and communicated them on the fly to each other throughout that situation. And I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about sort of how you developed those rules and how you were able to communicate them on the fly, because I would venture to guess that there's a lot of people who are also saying, like, I don't know what I don't know. And they find themselves in a situation and things happen and they go, well, that's a rule now, but it wasn't when we started and it, and it came a rule because it wasn't a good situation. Can I say something? Yeah, go for it. So to be clear, we are, we're swingers. We are not poly and I'm not yucking anyone's yum in any way, shape or form, but, but our, this is fun. And I, I know like I, you know, and I hear some people say that this is a hobby, I would say it goes deeper. Like, I mean, I'll speak for myself, but my beliefs are, I mean, this is, this is a part of my life, but so intimacy between Jill and I is of utmost importance. And mm -hmm. in that intimacy, we are able to read each other as partners and you know, non-verbally or, you know, I can, I can see when Jill is shutting down. Mm -hmm. um, and I've seen that in play experiences mm -hmm. that haven't turned out so well as what the first one did. I have said over and over, I guess my one rule would be to take it slow and to check in frequently. And that has always, oh no, that hasn't always happened. I know we've had one time where, where we kind of felt like we were divided and the communication wasn't well. It was a great learning experience for us because I was like, you know what? I couldn't, I couldn't touch you and I couldn't, I didn't feel like I could communicate with you in the moment. Mm. So the first time we were, we were, we were able to touch each other and Jack could check in with me frequently. And we've just, we've, we've tried to maintain that. Although, like I said, on a, in another scenario, that kind of, we were kind of separated in the same room, but just further apart. And there wasn't, we realized later that there just wasn't, especially between the other couple, there just wasn't keen communication, which led to kind of a breakdown in our communication. And as we've, as we've kind of processed through that one and talked about that one a lot, it's like next time I should have, I don't like that word should have either, but I need to speak up. Mm -hmm. It was the, the communication was the lack of communication was on my part. And it was on my part too, but they're right. Like I had, a, little, a, I had a better, too. I had a, a better connection with her, with her than what you had with him. Right. And I was struggling to make that communication and I should have spoken up sooner. Mm -hmm. It didn't, I don't feel like it went down badly. But it was absolutely a learning experience that for Jack and I, it's important that we 
that we can look at each other's eyes. Cause that's, I think that's one of our main ways of communicating is like, well, my eyes tell everything. There's no secrets there. So, <laughs> so I don't have to use my mouth very much for him before he can see what's going on. So I think that's, no, I have to think. I just heard you offer to use your mouth. <laughs> I was really I was wondering if I, I, I was, I was going to say, he's not going to let that one go. <laughs> no, I was like, okay, if I just bluff this one through, maybe he won't pick up on it. <laughs> no, I think, I think that, that that's a, a great answer. And I, yeah. I hey, I want to say one more thing. Go um, for it. So again, in, in the religious cultures, there's this, I just, I love um, debunking myths or whatever, but in religious cultures, there's this thought that, you know, sex just, well, okay. In the Mennonite culture, we sat separately. This is a really drastic way, but it's a good, it's a good descriptor. Men sat on one side of the church and women sat on the other. And we always laugh because it's like, if you sat beside a woman who wasn't your wife, you just end up in the middle aisle fucking, right? <laughs> like that's kind of <laughs> that's kind of the view that some some of these conservative religions have is that sex just is self-combusting and it mm-hmm. will happen in the in the most inopportune like it doesn't like we're just basically animals right hence the guys are perverted and and so therefore you have to keep all this massive distance and one of the best myths i think that we've debunked is that you can have a lot of fun you can play, but you can absolutely communicate your way through every scenario. It doesn't have to, it isn't self-combusting. Like it doesn't go like, like you lit a, you lit a pile of dry kindling and there's absolutely no way of stopping it. Right. Like the second your clothes come off, everybody's just immediately going like bunnies. Yeah, exactly. Like communication can happen and can happen well, even in the heat of the moment. Mm-hmm. Right. That's our right. opinion. No, I think it's a That's fact. your opinion. Well, and it's something. I mean, but it's also a skill, right? It's something that you have to learn how to do. Mm-hmm. Even though you can, you try. And, well, and be willing to, like you said a while ago, like if to continue the communication because you could mess it up, and then you know use those as learning experiences and forgive each other for maybe not you know, for making a mistake in the moment and using it. And you may make another mistake and another mistake, Mm -hmm. but you know what? You're constantly communicating and you wouldn't be doing it if there wasn't some Mm -hmm. fun with it too. Right. So. And, and I think, you know, like with Jack's unethical behavior, which I had to take a serious look at myself and, and see where my responsibility in that all lay, like how, how, how how had I cut myself off from him? How had I closed my heart? But when you face, when, and I think that most people have faced unethical behavior at some point in their life. When you face that, what can't you come back from? What can't you talk through? And I think that's been a huge thing that has worked in our favor is just understanding we've been to hell. We can walk back. There's a way, there's a way back and, and it's called talking and yeah, forgiving, understanding, communicating those things mm-hmm. yeah are are there i 100 percent agree I, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we're <laughs> no it's you're, you've said a lot of a very amazing things <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm i'm curious are there things that 
neither of you were worried about or are worried about like that that scare you in navigating this because it it can be scary to people um scat play scares me it's <laughs> <laughs> fair okay, that's fair yeah that's not everyone's jam <laughs> <laughs> what scares me um so I think what the one thing that scares me is I see the drastic changes that we've had in our lives, how our relationship has evolved from like, we're not even close to, and, and, and Finn and Emma, I'm, I'm sure you're the same way. You're not the same people that you married, Oh um, no! but <laughs> right. But, but watching, watching our evolution, um, and, you know, like, what's what's the finish line here? Like, you know, is full swap the finish line or is poly the finish line or things like that? And, like, like for me, it, it the, the, you know, the actions, I mean, I look at some of my unethical behavior. I can have the same actions, whether it be full swap or blowjobs or things like that. I can have the same behavior in the lifestyle, but it's done ethically and it's done with her knowledge and it's good. Like it just is absolutely amazing. It's 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 better than amazing. I have no words to to describe that. So it's not actions, but as our relationship evolves, I don't want to lose her. <laughs> I think that would be my fear is losing you. Um, it's not. There's no scenarios, no place scenario that scares me or anything like that. But it's 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 loss of relationship. But I also feel like we're in control of that if both of us are committed to that, you know, and, and I keep my side of the street clean, she does the same. We can have a relationship that keeps evolving and that stays together. But it's, it's, you know, like in my old life, there was just such this, you got married for life till death do us part. And it was a contract that you signed and it was like written in blood. And that's the way it was. We don't have that anymore. <laughs> in <Yeah>. fact, she <laughs> released me from our wedding marriage vows in the ocean at desire um so i mean yeah we're still married legally and all that but theoretically i've got the whole wedding ring tattoo and all that but like you know our our vows we don't you know but i mean i guess the way i look at it is i choose her i have a choice whether i choose her every day and i want to keep doing that yeah And I think the same, there's no scenario or action that I am afraid of. I fear not being brave enough to use my voice because I know that that's my downfall. But I also know that I have that voice, but it's the loss. Um, So Jack here said, you know, we each have to keep our own side of the street clean. We have to each choose each other on a daily basis for this to work and work well. And I think sometimes what I fear is I can keep my side clean, but I, I don't have any control over another human being. So sometimes just the thing, the question pops up, what if, what if I would lose Jack Cause his side would, his side of the street would get dirtier. You know, he wouldn't make that choice. And then I would feel overwhelming guilt or shame that it was because we had chosen this together. It was because, which yeah. it goes yeah. back. I, I know it, it goes back to our past conditioning and, uh, and really it's. Well, and, and you, 
to be fair, you say that it goes back there, but it was it hasn't been that long. Like <laughs> I think it's okay to give yourself a little bit of a break that you know it takes time and um Well in in the in society, people when when two people or three people or however many people are together and it doesn't work out, right? They wanna they want a reason, right? They yeah. wanna find a reason to blame. And if yeah. if you're doing something that they see as out of the norm, yeah. they're gonna they're gonna quick and be like, well, they were swingers. That was what the problem was. They were polyamorous. That's what mm-hmm. did it in, yeah. you know. Yeah. And it wasn't it wasn't any that was that's got to be it, right? But you that's don't like have a this. Choice. You could say it. Oh, you know, he was an artist, so that was why they broke up. Or he he <laughs> yeah. he, he changed yeah. professions and decided <laughs> to be a musician, so that's why they um, broke up. It's the same thing. Right. Yeah. No, I'm aware. I'm. Yeah. But, yeah, but but no, but society. Your your point is made. Like society, um, tells. <laughs> there's a bigger stigma around yes. uh, yeah. yes. we- monogamy versus non-monogamy. Humans have a major propensity to make their own constructs true. Right. Like just, yeah. For sure. Well, one one thing you did touch on was at dinner at Desire, uh, you walked away from that dinner saying, you're never going to do this because you heard about unsafe play or unprotected sex. How did you reconcile that? And how have you continued to make sure that that's not something that happens for the two of you. By totally going to- like raw dog. <laughs> We're just raw dog. He's so full of it. Um, no, communication. Communication. And yeah, like we're not, we do not play without condoms. Now no. the whole, the, the oral side of things, we don't use dental dams or anything like that. And I'm fully aware that that's, that's somewhat of a, I mean, we're, we're taking chances there. We get, sure. we, we do get tested. We're fairly new to it, yeah. but we, we are on a testing rotation. Um, so, but yeah, condoms are a, a given. Rock on. Yeah. No, and I think that's, you know, that's a piece that people are often afraid of. And, and it sounds like you were, you know, you walked out of dinner saying, yeah, fuck, fuck this. I'm not doing that. Right. And that that's easy for people to hear, like, this is how it happens. Then I'm not, I'm never doing that. And I think that's a totally valid. Oh, yeah. I don't know for sure. So, well, and, and you have anything to add? yeah, I have something to add. <laughs> Here we go. Because <laughs> you, you asked if there was fear and I, absolutely. I just thought of it. Um, I, I feel like I have a weird, unreasonable fear of getting pregnant. He's had a vasectomy. I haven't had my tubes tied, but I've just told him like, even condoms, safe sex, my mind can overthink things and I'm still making peace with that, that fear of pregnancy. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think that's totally normal too. I mean, I think, yeah. Yeah. Swing your babies. Yeah. That's yeah. Well, you know, like, yeah, you just, I, yeah, it's some, yeah, it's something that, um, you know, if it happened, you know, you could navigate it just like if something else happened, you know, you could navigate it, but you don't really want to. Well, and it's just that unknown piece of, right. It's way out there and it's unknown. Right. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, I don't want to say anything super, super inappropriate, but if it (laughs) happens in 18 years, can they come on the show and talk about (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes 
<laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> All right. Yes. Uh, we got a lot more episodes to do before then. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll name him Jackoff Jr. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Well, oh my God, we we don't we don't. I'm not wish, sure if that went too far, but that is we funny. don't. <laughs> we don't actually wish that upon you. No, not at all. Thank you. <laughs> not at all. But we we do want to give you the opportunity to share any final thoughts. I know we've we've thrown some really hard questions at you, and you two shared some amazing insight and stories and some hard stuff. And we we wanted to say thank you. Oh, for yeah. that but give you the the floor to say anything that we didn't ask i will say yeah thank you for having us on i will say that for me that the healing from the guilt of the unethical shit that i was involved in i have found so much healing from it in like doing this with her mm-hmm. um and i you know like it's that whole dichotomy of of like how much of it is I'm hardwired for non-monogamy and I, you are too. But, um, but to be able to heal up from, from the, the shame of some of the things that I've done and do it in an ethical manner. And like, it's just, it's mind blowing. Like, and the friends we're getting out of this whole crazy yeah. lifestyle journey. <laughs> like we've got, we, we're building relationships just every week. Um, and, and we don't even, we don't even get out that often. Um, we've got three kids like, and they're all at home and, but it's just, it's, it's, it's been amazing. It's, it's, it's just the best thing that's ever happened to us. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. And that I just want to say cool. thanks for, thanks for letting us tell our story here. Um, it has been, <laughs> it has been a, a roller coaster of a ride, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade it for anything. And yeah. Well, thank you for being so vulnerable with us too and, and reaching out and wanting to share. So it's this show obviously couldn't happen without that. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, with that, we will let you go continue to sin all night long. You've got, (laughs) you've got a few, a few hours of your anniversary left. And we want you to make the most of them. We better, uh, yeah. So in, enjoy your evening and definitely keep in touch. We, yeah. we will oh, do we that. Oh, we will. We, we will. will do that. And, uh, and hopefully we can send some people your way April 2020. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> to be clear, is it RM or Pearl? RM. Okay. March 29th through April 4th. Okay. Not that he's counting. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> Look for look for the young woman in the Mennonite uh, outfit. Garb. Yeah. Yeah. Head covering. Where yeah. there's a string of clothes heading yeah. to the hot tub. <laughs> Perfect. Well, in, enjoy your evening and thank you again for everything. It's been a blast. Yeah, thank All you right. so much. All right. Thank okay. you. Goodbye. Bye. And we're back. <laughs> Thank you to Jill and Jack for reaching out, coming on the show and being vulnerable with us. I know a lot of their story was hard to talk about, and we hope that everyone got a lot out of it. And we wanted to just say, spoiler alert, this isn't the last you'll hear from them. We've recorded uh, another episode with them for the 
uh, this additional sort of audio content that we've mentioned before. Um, so stay tuned for that in the beginning of the year. We're excited about that. Yes. And next week, next Wednesday, we have an interview with Libby, who is a sex educator, and we're super excited to get her story out there. Yeah. And we met her at Atlanta Poly Weekend, and she came on to, yeah, she shared basically her whole life story about how she started exploring this, and it's super awesome, and we're excited for that. And uh, yeah, we will see you guys in a week. Yeah, let's. we'll see you in a week. Thanks for listening.